All right. Welcome to the Football Frame of Mind podcast. This meeting is being recorded. God damn, that late, that late thing, man. I can't stand that late thing on Zoom, man. It's so, like, I push the button. It's supposed to say record, right? But I digress, man. Welcome to the Football Frame of Mind podcast, man. Mm-hmm. I'm Cam. That's Brandon. Uh, today, we're just going to recap um, week was that week three of college football and uh recap uh the NFL uh this week man so uh like I said two uh two part episode man but uh just be looking out for both parts you know what I'm saying or we might just do one video and just watch the whole thing either way you're gonna get the best content that we can provide but before we even get started, man, how you doing? I'm doing okay, man. It's really good to be back on here. Feels like it's been a quite a while. Yeah, man. I mean, we 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 did some videos though. We keep going. Yeah, we did. I guess sometimes we just get so caught up in everything else going on, we hop back on here and it feels like forever. Oh yeah, man. Nah, nah, man. Like I said, man, we want to keep making sure that we we stay uh current with everything man so mm-hmm. uh we're gonna start with uh we'll start with uh college since you know they're a little bit ahead of the nfl in terms of weeks so uh we'll start with college man so what do you think about uh this week man what's your crazy storyline man how, how you feel about the recap man <laughs> I think I don't know how you're gonna feel about this one, but uh, I think my big storyline is what is going on in Tuscaloosa and why are we not blowing out South Florida for one? And now we're starting to have quarterback controversy, trying to figure out who's gonna be the guy. And I don't know, man. All right, so I'll answer your first one, right? Uh, did you see the quarterbacks that was playing, bro? Nah, bro. They ain't it. <laughs> did you see the quarterback that was playing, bro? Like, nah, man. They ain't it. I'm sorry, man. They are not it. And look, it's it, it's not a controversy no more because Nick Saban came out and just said, like, Jalen Milrow's the one. He's quarterback one. But I'm like, duh. Like, why mm-hmm. would you why would you even yeah like, why would he clarify this before like that's what i'm saying why would you not play him because you're gonna look my my whole thing is you're gonna tell this man after losing to texas he feel like it's his fault and he just want to make up for it right you're gonna tell this man oh we just gonna go with the other two quarterbacks after i had to hear all spring all summer Coming in a fall camp that I'm not the guy, nobody believes in me, and you're going to bench me after beating these dudes out over three seasons of a year, spring, summer, and fall. And you're going to sit here Mm -hmm. and tell me that I'm not going to play because you want to see what they can do. Obviously, they can't do nothing if I'm starting and nobody believes Mm -hmm. in me. 
And then he's talking about he benched him because he didn't respond to it. I wouldn't respond well either if you tell me that these dudes is starting. They can't do what I can do. Mm -hmm. I'm faster than them. I got a way bigger arm than them. So I'm already ahead of the curve. You know what I'm saying? It's literally my first year starting as an Alabama quarterback. Okay. Mm -hmm. I and I mean I'm speaking as Jalen as you know if he was if yeah. Nick Saban was talking to me. You know, like I'm already better than them. You know what I'm saying? Athletically, maybe they might be smarter in terms of the playbook or whatever. But when the play breaks down, can't nobody do what I can do. So it's no reason why it should even be a problem. This is my first year starting as a quarterback uh, there. In high school, I mean, it was just me and, and a bunch of other guys. We go as I go. So if I feel like running for 200 yards, that's what's going to happen if we want to win the game. If I got to pass for 500 yards, if we win the game, we win the game, right? So there wasn't a, a scheme for him to really – you know, really learn, right? So mm -hmm. I get it. It's learning curves, right? You got to read coverages. Shoot, even the best quarterbacks got to learn. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, you know, so I just I just didn't agree with him not playing the whole game. Like, maybe that was a game to see who quarterback number two was. But going mm -hmm. into Ole Miss, there was no question that he was going to be the guy after what I saw. Now, look, mm -hmm. I don't know what they saw in, in – Tyler Buckner or whatever his name is, but bro, uh-uh. That's not a division. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, dog. If Chris Winkie can come back and play at 27 at Florida State, this dude don't need to be playing, bro. Like, no. He don't need to be playing, man. Like, I mm -hmm. just don't agree with it. Now, the young fella, Ty Simpson, looked real good, bro. I mean, he looked like a true freshman. His eyes was wide. But, I mean, that's okay because he's a true freshman, dude. He was in high school last year, dude. Like, dude, you're not going to expect him to do that. And it would be crazy as hell for Nick Saban to even consider putting a true freshman starting against Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Crazy. No. So, I just didn't agree with it. I don't know what's going on. They said they had a players-only meeting. Because the, the game itself was trash, okay? The game itself was trash. Like, I'm not even going to go into that. Like, you know it was trash. Everybody knew it was trash. Shoot, my son probably knew it was trash. Like, so no. Uh, that was just a really, really bad game to watch, to even be at. You know what I'm saying? So, I hear a lot of people, you know, like, oh, we mad or whatever. Remember I told you last week? That mm -hmm. they was like, oh, we pissed off because we lost to Texas. Then why is it 3-3 going into halftime with South Florida, bro? Mm -hmm. it don't sound like y'all was that pissed off to me. And mm -hmm. you don't get the excuse that it was like a, a early game. So it's like big noon kickoff or something, so 11 in the morning. Nah, bro. That was like 2.30 in the afternoon. You had plenty time to wake up. So hmm. I just I don't know, man. I mean, look, it it's gonna be cool with Jalen back there, but I don't know. Like I said, my expectations is week to week. So right now, I don't feel like this is a championship team. Like I still say, you know, my prediction is for them to go to the playoffs, but they got a lot of work to do, bro. A whole lot. 
And it's crazy because this is a year that's down for the SEC, bro. Like, mm -hmm. LSU took an L. We took an L. So, you looking around mm -hmm. like, yo, this, you know, and not to mention these are losses out of conference. So, we ain't even started conference play yet. But mm -hmm. if we were to start the playoffs tomorrow, we on the outside looking in, both of our teams. So, mm -hmm. you know, we really got to either fix the, the uh, offensive line or, you know, start shifting, you know, putting some young players in there, man, because it's a lot of players that have been at Bama for a long time. You know what I'm saying? We got a, a center. His name is Darian Dalcourt. He's been there since, like, 2018, 2019. That's a long time for a football player. He got that extra year of eligibility from COVID, then. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, so many players done passed him by, man. I mean, countless dudes getting drafted. I mean, Alex Leatherwood started as a true freshman. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just different dudes, you know what I'm saying? So, it's a lot, you know what I'm saying? But you know what? I'm actually proud of the defense, bro. Uh, if I had to pick as a recap for that game, uh, mm -hmm. I, I would have to say I'm proud of the defense, bro. I mean, it's not 2016 level. It's not even 2020 level, for real. But it's it's enough to win some SEC games, i tell you that much. As long as you score mm -hmm. like 40 points, 35 points, you know what I'm saying? Hell, give me 28. Give me 28 at least. That defense can win you some games. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, we got some some good stuff in the back end. We got some really good linebackers. Uh, but, I mean, up front, we got to win up front, man. That's the only question mark I have is uh, up front, like the defensive line. That's it. Yeah. Everything else is cool, man. We got studs back there. So, I'm not really worried about the defense. It's the offense, man. You can't win if you don't score. You know what I'm saying? And what, 13 points to you, you, South Florida is not, you know, good. It's not good at all. Like, that's a team we should have boat raced. It should have been 30 something at halftime to the point where you don't have a reason to play Jalen Hero because the game's over already for the starters, anyway. That's when you can evaluate mm -hmm. your, you know, second and third stringers to see who's going to help you down the line and say some injuries happen. But we didn't even have time for that. That's crazy to me. Crazy to think that the starters were playing in the fourth quarter of a team that on paper or even in terms of like player for player, we was way better than. So, like I said, man, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, my expectations go week to week. So, right now, I'm not feeling good. But after this weekend and we do this recap, I could be like, National championship, here we come. But week to week for me, dog, <laughs> I ain't even gonna tell you that. So, uh, one game I want to ask you about, man, is uh, how do you feel about uh, Deion Sanders now? After what we got three weeks of Deion Sanders right now, and he's three and up. Uh, my take before you get into it was. Once they play a disciplined team, I felt like there might have been a drop-off, you know, because a disciplined team is going to be hard to beat, even if they don't have no talent. You know what I'm saying? So how do you feel? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't expecting it. Neither one of us were expecting to be that close. Uh, Colorado State played them pretty well, but I was still impressed that, you know, they were able to keep the foot on the gas and be able to finish the game strong through some adversity. Obviously, they had some controversial things happen in that game. Yeah. But I mean, I'm still I'm still pretty high on them. But uh, obviously, this week is going to be a big test because you're going to be playing Bo Nix in Oregon. I want to say. Okay. okay. So that's obviously uh, yeah. Colorado's got really good athletes. Oregon's always got really good athletes. They're always really good at recruiting. They've always got good speed and skill positions. And I know we talk smack about Bo Nix, but when Bo Nix is on, he's on. Not saying he's top five but like i'm just saying like if when he cuts out the mistakes and he's on he's gonna give you problems so i mean i think that'll be a real test of where they're at because i'm not saying the other teams were pushovers but they're not to the same caliber oregon's a five-star program four five-star almost yeah so pretty much like they're they're an elite program yeah Yeah. if colorado I'm not even sure if I'd pick them to win that game. But even if they don't win that game and they keep it competitive and they don't get ran over and stomped on by Oregon, that's a good sign to me. That's okay. Look, maybe we're not there yet because obviously they still got to work out some kind of kinks because, I mean, you completely have a turnover roster. So you're going to have some kind of things here and there. You're not going to go 12-0 and with a rebuilt team in year one. It's not going to happen. But – I'm hopeful. I think they'll play really good against Oregon, and you never know, dude. College football is crazy. They could pull one out. You never know. But do I expect it? No, but I think they're going to play a lot better than what a lot of the critics think they're going to play for sure. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, speaking – since we're speaking Pac-12, man, um, if we're talking Heisman frontrunner right now, the person has to be Michael Penix Jr., bro. Like, dude has been out of this world, out of his mind. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. Shadur Sanders has been really good, too. But Michael Penix has been absolutely just destroying people, man. Like, they ain't playing down to the competition at all. So uh, mm-hmm. I think he he got to be the front runner right now. Obviously, he got a couple cupcakes mixed in there, I man. But I mean, to play at that level against cupcakes, man, like you're not playing down to the competition, which is a good trait for a team, unlike Bama. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but like I said, man, it's a good trait, good trait. But uh, one game I wanted to I'll talk about too. Is uh, uh, Georgia versus South Carolina, man. I told you. I told you that was going to be a good game. I told you it was, man. I told you. I said, if Spencer Rattler, if Spencer Rattler can, can uh, play uh, like he's supposed to, he's a really good quarterback, man. He gave them trouble, man. But they forgot there was a whole nother half to play. And they just wet the bed completely. After mm-hmm. that, I mean, Georgia start ranking up that pressure on them, and they act like they ain't never seen mm-hmm. that before. So I was like, "Yeah, it's over with." Especially when Georgia mm-hmm. scored to like, like when they first got the ball in the second half, when they went straight down the field. I was like, 
Oh, y'all in trouble, man. But it says it says a lot though when they got a walk on running back getting like starting minutes. Like dude gotta be a bad dude, man. Mm-hmm. You got walk on running back playing, getting like starter minutes. And he he cold, man. He remind me of like a, a Danny Whitehead, Woodhead or something. Like I mean, he got moves. He run hard. He don't take no stuff. I mean, he can catch too. I'm like, bro, you gotta be a bad walk on to be coming in there playing starter minutes on Georgia. I'm like, shoot, man, we can't even figure out quarterback, <laughs> and they got a walk on playing right. We, uh, we had a guy like that last year Ooh. who was getting most of our starting minutes at Josh Williams. He okay. He was taking almost all the. Yeah, but I mean, you you mentioned uh, on one of your videos that uh, John Emery wasn't playing, so I was like, "Shoot, he he got to play." So that is that's a story in itself, man. He's had issues with his academics continuously, and now I don't even know where we stand because they said he was a go, and now it's like, well, what in the world is going on? I mean, we've got really good depth at tailback anyway, but man, like, what a waste of talent, dude! He's a five star, regarded as almost the top tailback in the country in his recruiting class, and obviously he's shown that he can be that guy. He's bulked up. He's obviously had issues with fumbling a little bit last year, but man, like, I don't know what to say about that. But we should talk about that game because that game did not go the way that me or you expected. True, 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 true. You go first, man. You go first. Break it down. Break it down. So I didn't get to physically watch much of this game, but I'll just go from just a play-by-play and highlight perspective. Dude, it looked like Mississippi State wasn't ready for this game at all, dude. LSU's defense seemed like they just they closed the coffin on them early, and Jaden Daniels played very well from a completion perspective. Man, neighbors had over 200 yards receiving. Man, it just seemed like that offense just couldn't be stopped. What me and you expected Mississippi State's offense to be, that's what LSU's offense was. It's like they just finally woke up. And that's very impressive to be able to go into that stadium, to be able to play like that against that team. I'm not saying Mississippi State's a powerhouse, but that's, like we've said, it's a difficult place to play. You're going against a prolific quarterback, probably one of the best passers in the country, and you completely shut him down. I did not expect that. I didn't expect Daniels to throw all over them. I didn't expect them to rack up yards like that, but I didn't expect LSU's defense to clamp them to the fullest. Like They did not let up. They kept their foot on the neck the whole game, and they ran away with it. I mean, yeah, it was it was a boat race in my opinion. I mean, um, we definitely didn't think that. But I told you, you know, in the other episode, man, that if they lose elements of the pirate, they're not gonna mm-hmm. be a good team. Yeah, because like, you're not playing to his pull you're not playing to your quarterback's full potential. He's an yeah, air raid quarterback. That's one thing that uh Mike Leach, rest in peace. That's one thing that that he was gonna do. Like, I mean, he's not a Dan Mullen. He ain't gonna take 
Dak Prescott and turn him into a, a, a SEC star or how he worked with Tim Tebow or how he worked with Nick Fitzgerald. It's not, that's not what Mike Leach is or was. Uh, he needed a signal caller, somebody that could throw the football, you know what I'm saying, to the open man. We're going to five-wide it. We're going to four-wide it. We're going to maybe have a running back some of the time, but we're going to empty set, five-wide, throw the ball to the open man. And it just seemed like, you know, Arnett, you know what I'm saying, he ain't really want to do that to me. You know what I'm saying? He went away from what really worked, you know what I'm saying? And you got to think, Mike Leach recruited half of them guys on there. So all you can do uh, is really play to their strengths and not really change mm -hmm. nothing for real. You know what, what I'm saying? saying. Like, I get it. Mm -hmm. Maybe he doesn't have the terminology because if I'm not mistaken, I think he's a defensive guy. But I mean, but you bring in an offensive coordinator. Like, yeah, like what is what going saying. on? Like, that's what I'm saying. Bring in somebody that's an air raid kind of person. You know what I'm saying? That has a, a way to call plays. You don't have to do it. I mean, because you've got a freaking quarterback, dude. You've got a quarterback that can sling it on anybody. That's what I'm saying, but man. You've got to so, play to his strengths. Yeah. So I was I was surprised that the game really got out of hand because I was I was too. I was expecting them to at least put up some points on LSU, you know what I'm saying? At least tack their weak point of which is their secondary, you know what I'm saying, at this point of the season. So I expect them to do that, and they really didn't, man, and it surprised me. So I, I just kind of think that they just kind of want to move past, I guess, that Mike Leach way of doing things because uh, Arnett's a new coach and he kind of want to do it his way. But, I mean, dude. Like the SEC, even though they're teams with the spread concept, man, there aren't really many teams that are going no. for the air rate. You feel they me? Don't. They like don't. No, and you quarterback nobody, the nobody in the SEC, not even like Mizzou when they first got in the SEC, took the SEC by storm because they were an air, air raid team. Mixed in mm -hmm. with some power football too, but the, the root of it was an air raid, and the teams in the mm -hmm. SEC weren't ready for that. That goes, we beat mm -hmm. Georgia a few times. We they beat, brought that Big 12 style of play. They brought that beat, over, and nobody yeah, was ready for Tennessee, that. Tennessee, and we beat um, Florida a few times in that early stage of uh, SEC uh, expansion. So mm -hmm. the... The uh the air raid is still effective, especially if you got a good trigger man. I, mean, I always say that, man. That's why that's why I give you know 2019 LSU a lot of credit, man, because they had a really good trigger man. You know what I'm saying? A lesser quarterback doesn't go undefeated and win a mm -hmm. national championship mm -hmm. without without having a good trigger man. You don't win. And 2020 Bama, we had Mike Mac Jones. Mac Jones was a crazy trigger man. He knew exactly how to throw it, where to throw it, and when mm -hmm. to throw it. You know what I'm saying? We luck up and have Bryce Young the next year, which he was a, a crazy guy too, man. So you you have these guys, you need a trigger man, you know, to run that type of scheme. And when you don't, man, it just looked like, you know, it looked like that. But you have to have a coach that understands what he's doing. Yes. And you it's guys just... had that. You guys had that uh, with uh, Joe Brady and Nussmeyer. Like, that was a crazy uh, conglomerate of offensive knowledge. 
I mean, then we have Sarkeesian, who's a a mega mind of himself. So, I mean, you you look at things like that, man, and I just don't think Mississippi State has that, man. And if they, they got a trigger, man. They just don't have the play caller. That's what I'm saying. If they don't have the the play caller, like you gotta do, you gotta do something else, man. Because y'all got talent. It's not like that, and you know he can throw the ball. So give him a chance to do that. But mm-hmm. it didn't look good at all, and it don't look good for them anyway. You know what I'm saying? So unfortunately, uh, yeah. So looks it's sad to see because I didn't expect them to look that bad. But no, uh, but. Like I said, man, um, like I said, we, we got some other games to talk about. Mm-hmm. One of those games is Mizzou and Kansas State, bro. Mizzou 3-0, and dog. Mm-hmm. What's the deal? What's the deal? <laughs> I don't know, man. They're playing higher than everybody's expectations. I just want to know what's going to happen. I just want to. I just want to see how they react to adversity when SEC play opens. You know, like any other year, any other team. Once SEC opens up, that's who's going to separate the men from the boys. Who's going to put their boots on, and who's going to fall at the wayside, man? And I would really like to see them step it up. I mean, they've had a rough past the last five years or so, but I think they've got talent, and I think they've got good coaches, man. I just think it's going to be, you know, are you going to want it more than them? You know, I mean, the East is. Not gonna say it's up in the air, but I mean they could surprise a lot of people for sure. I mean, we hey, seen what South Carolina did last week, so I mean I think I think they can uh I think they can get they can get a couple wins. They can get a couple wins, bro. We talking SEC schedule dog. I think I think they can get I think they can get uh what's the team? I, I'm not gonna say Georgia, but who's another team in there? I think they get South Carolina. I think, yeah, they could I be. Think we could I think they could beat South Carolina. I think we could score with them. I think Florida's up for grabs. I think that's mm-hmm. a winnable game. I mean, Tennessee even look up and down, so that's a winnable game, especially on mm-hmm. defense. I don't think they're that good on defense this year. You know what I'm saying? And although they have a trigger man that can throw like a hundred yards, like they don't, they don't look the same way. You know what I'm saying? They don't look mm-hmm. as smooth as it did last year. Last year they was just. It looked like Hendon Hooker knew that offense like the back of his hand. He could just mm-hmm. he just knew where to go with the ball, and it was just smooth. But it's a different style of quarterback, too, you got to think. Hooker had the arm, but Hooker could improvise with his legs, extend yeah. plays, get out of the pocket, roll out. Joe Milton's not that same model of quarterback for sure. Yeah. He's so, got a hell of an arm. Yeah, so I, I think – Dude, I think every every SEC East conference game they play this year is winnable, it's except winnable. for Georgia. Like, did you I'll, never know, dude? I mean, didn't Missouri run the table with Georgia last year? Yeah, that was a that was a hey, look for people to understand. I'm, I'm actually I'm a Bama fan, and I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, so I support the Mizzou Tigers as well. So uh, that was a crazy game, too. I was like, bro, we could get this upset, dog. We ain't got to worry about Georgia no more. We can just sneak into the playoffs at number four, and we got Bryce Young, and then then we decided to lose to y'all. <laughs> Dramatic fashion. <laughs> <laughs> we decided to lose to y'all. 
And that was it, bro. <laughs> yeah, and then we decided to drop one to AM, so we're even. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so but like I said, man, it was a crazy week, man, of games, man. Um obviously, you know, we got some uh obviously some crazy, you know, some crazy uh you know not upsets, but really good, you know, play from a lot of good teams, man. So um, like I said, we'll do our preview show uh later. It'll come out later this week. Uh, but I wanna um get some uh we talked about some Heisman things, uh, and I wanna get uh your top players, man, that you would consider Heisman candidates right now, man. If we, as we in week three. Uh, so, so I mean I mean we've already spoken on two of them, but I think like Michael Pence is up there for sure. Uh, he's on a mission, apparently. I think he really wants to make that playoff, and I think they've been pushing for that for the last couple of years anyway. Uh, Shadur is up there. Just what he's been able to do with that team against those teams, I think he's a high name as well. Yeah. Uh, you got to keep Caleb Williams and Drake May's name up there as well, man. You uh, just yeah. you have to. Yeah. But yeah. a sleeper team, a sleeper player that, like, I don't think it's going to happen. But I think you need to keep Travis Hunter's name in there, dude, because if he continues to perform on both sides of the ball at a high enough level and he, he's putting up statistics name, there for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, so I mean, like I said, uh he's actually gonna be out for a couple weeks after that dirty hit he took. Uh so yeah, okay, yeah, that is true. So, that is true. So I, I mean, look, if he comes back faster and can continue to do that, then yeah, he will get an invite to New York. I mean, I don't care if they have to make it five finalists like they did one year. He could still get an invite, especially if he can get like close to a thousand yards and still do what he got to do on uh on defense, man. So I think he should get he should get an invite if he can keep playing. Uh, but uh, that mm-hmm. took a hit in my opinion. But like I said, I, I like I said I wanted to get your, your uh Heisman you know, finalist right now after the season ended because I was interested. And one person I want to highlight is uh is uh Drake May, man. Uh, he started off the season, man. Like I said, we're both high on on Drake May. We think he's probably the best quarterback in college football, especially when we talk about throwing the football. He just got it, and you mm-hmm. know, the last few games, man, he just been dealing, man. Just like I told you, he make it look easy. Like anytime you get a four a four hundred game, ain't nobody talking about it for real. It's just easy, you know what I'm saying? And he done beat uh, South Carolina to start the season. And then, you know what I'm saying, he just keep on winning. So I think they're, they are in a good spot, man. They're in a real good spot to make the ACC. Yeah, man, the ACC is going to look real different, man, especially with Clemson taking that L to Duke earlier this year, or earlier this season. So, uh, mm-hmm. It's gonna look real different, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, Clemson's looking like some food right now. They're not looking like they used to. So, uh, but I mean, what they played? I don't know if this was this week or last week, but they played uh, somebody 
like a, a SES school or something. And they ain't look good in the first half. But the second half, they looked like they were supposed to look with Garrett Riley and Club uh Kate Klubnik uh playing. So like I said, man, I, I still got hope for him. I think, you know, once he gets comfortable, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I like him a lot. But one but one player that I think is a dark horse right now is Jordan Travis, man. From Florida State, man. I think another one too, bro. Like, dude is smooth, man. Smooth, man. Like I said, I know I use that adjective a lot to describe players, man, but having a smoothness, a calmness, a suddenness with your decision making as a quarterback in college, I think separates you, separates the pro player from the player that might make the 53-man roster or something like that. Like, he his decision-making within the mm-hmm. offense is just quick. You know what I'm saying? He hike the ball, he see what he got to see, and he go from there. It's just quick. It's not much thinking. It's not much moving. And I, I think offensive line play has a lot to do with it because when you got blocking, it's easy to mm-hmm. think. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm not going to get my head knocked mm-hmm. off, so I don't have to worry about those things. So – but I, I like mm-hmm. what he's doing, man. Like I said, I think he took a they, – they played Wake Forest, I believe, uh, last week. So that game was up and down. But uh, Jordan Travis, I think he got hurt before halftime or something like that. Then I turned the channel. But uh, hopefully he's healthy and uh, we just, you know, keep going. Uh, he keeps going like he's supposed to, man. But I think he's a dark horse for the Heisman, man, because like I said, it's – Teams like Florida State, man, when you win and get them back to where they were supposed to go, like, you know, you're supposed to be in the Heisman conversation, dog. I mean, you're doing right. something, something different, you know, so. Well, hey, if we're talking about teams that are leading their team somewhere, that's Riley Leonard, bro. True. We cannot sleep on Riley Leonard, dude. I talked about him in our preseason, like, Dude is scary, bro. Yeah, man. I'm not gonna agree. I'm not gonna disagree with you, man. I'm not, man. I think I think he has a he has some skills, man. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. But uh the way Jalen Milrow started the season off, I was like, look out. <laughs> look out, man. But that that uh but you know what? I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna uh, discount the game. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even gonna like say say he can't like make a run at the Heisman because you know you think about the whole thing. And I, I your boy uh Jay uh Jane Daniels too. I put him in here too. So obviously, you know, the season starts off, you know, you like two and one, right? Really not supposed you don't want to lose any games. But Mm-hmm. SEC schedule left. And if my calculations are correct, that's the toughest conference to play in. So if you start stacking up performances like, you know, you know, like uh we start talking like multiple games, like like Jane Jane Daniels did, uh three four touchdowns passing, two rushing, you know what I'm saying? You start stacking them performances up game after game after game to the point where we late in the season and it's starting to get a little close. You know what I'm saying? Now 
we're looking at the teams you beat, how you played against those teams. Now we start to kind of look at it with a magnifying glass. You know what I'm saying? So right now, mm-hmm. a Penix looks good. Uh, Drake May looks good. Obviously, Caleb Williams is the returning Heisman winner. So he obviously has a leg up on a lot of people right now because he won it, right? So he looks good. But as we get you know, further into the season, man, it's going to start looking a lot different, man. And I wouldn't be surprised to see both of our quarterbacks getting some looks, man. Especially when it start when we start getting into uh, we start getting into that Heisman conversation, man. Because I think both of our quarterbacks have the ability to get ten rushing touchdowns this year. Ten, and the more yards you get, the better it looks when you start looking at the voters, man. So, he ran for like eight or nine hundred yards last year, and that right. wasn't even a, like a perfect year. So I mean, right? And he missed a couple games, didn't he? He missed like one or two games. So, like, you start looking at that, like he could have easily got a thousand. And I know the fact that, like, Milro is capable of doing a thousand in like ten games you got left. Like he can easily do that. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think it'd be cool. Actually, I think my prediction for our schedule, even though I said week to week, I think he's gonna be unleashed, dog. I don't think they're gonna put a handcuff on him no more. Because you know you can't. You can't turn him into a pass. Because you see he's in the law. Yeah, so I mean, you 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 know he you you know he gonna run, you know. So you know it's not it's not injuries that I'm really worried about because he's a big guy. He's not little like Bryce was. So I'm like, he's a big put together dude. So I mean, shoot, just do what um, Dan Mullen did for uh, Nick Fitzgerald. I mean, Nick Fitzgerald ran, he passed for like two thousand yards and ran for like a like 1,500 almost. You know what I'm saying? Like, he joined the 2020 club. Milro can do that. He ain't got to pass for 3,000. As long as we can run with him and mix it up, we'd be good. So, but it starts up front. But I think he can He can get there. And I think Jay, Jay Daniels can too, man. 